This week on Dueling Review, it's The Sumerian, Red Nails Number 1, from Ablaze Publishing. In Red Nails, Conan finds himself in the Darfar region, whose territory is almost entirely covered by a huge forest. Here, he pledges himself a mercenary, promising his sword to the highest bidder, fighting alongside fellow mercenary and fierce female warrior Valeria. After a clash against a terrible dragon, the two go to a strange fortified city, apparently deserted. But the duo quickly discover that a civilization lives hidden inside, and that the Citadel hides a heavy secret. Time for us to talk the Sumerian Red Nails number one from Ablaze Publishing. Now, what's interesting about this is this is obviously based on the Robert E. Howard Conan story of the same name. This is Howard's final Conan story that he wrote before he died. Uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Robert E. Howard, uh, his mother died, I believe, from cancer. Uh, he was so distraught by this, he went outside, or she was dying from cancer, went outside, put a shotgun to his mouth, and blew his head off uh, in his car. So for those of you that didn't know the fate of Robert E. Howard, now you know. Uh, but this was the last one that was published while he was still alive. There were about three or four other ones that were published after his death, and there are a couple that were... Uh, published where other people took a crack at his uh, drafts. And then there are some, of course, Conan stories that have, of course, never been written by Robert E. Howard. But in this tale, Red Nails, which appeared in um, Weird Tales uh, in 1936, in July Mm -hmm. of 1936. Yes. Many of the scholars consider this the best Conan story. Of all the Conan stories that have been written uh, of Howard's, this one they think is his best one. So, Matthew, what did you think of this adaptation of Red Nails? Weirdly, um, even though I haven't read a lot of Conan and I haven't read the Howard novels, I know this story because this is what Marvel used to open their Conan book in 1970. Yeah, this originally... They also did a version of it in Savage Sword in the the early 80s. Yeah, this originally appeared in uh, Conan Savage Tales number two and three. Mm -hmm. So uh, there you go on that. That's from Barry Windsor Smith and Roy Thomas doing that one. Windsor Smith. I like it. Um, I'm a really big fan of this art and there's something about, Oh man, the art in this is fantastic. There's something about the, the juxtaposition of this art with the word balloons and lettering style that reminds me of heavy metal, uh, in the eighties when we were kids, heavy metal and Epic magazine and all the books that weren't exactly comics, but were out there doing, you know, sort of European style stories. Mm -hmm. This feels like it comes out of an issue of heavy metal or epic from the 80s when we were kids. And I really enjoyed it. And the only main major complaint that I have about it is I'm not necessarily familiar with Valeria. Oh, sure you are. Oh, man, is Valeria used for just, you know, just uh, male gaze bait throughout this whole Of course you know who Valeria is. Do you remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movie, Conan the Barbarian movie? No, that is Valeria, the 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 female thief that's running around with them. No, and, yeah, dying. That is Valeria. It is. No, totally is. No. Yep. Conan, in 1982, Conan the Barbarian. Yep. No. Yep. No. All right, you're let's, lying. Let's go over to the uh, IMDb's Conan the Barbarian, 1982. Uh, we have Valeria played by. 
Sandal Bergman. You're lying. Nope, the, the girl with all the side boob? Uh, yep. The uh, wow. the one that uh, dies and Conan is protecting her body and then later she comes back and, and does all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's her. I guess that is her. That is totally her. So yes, you so totally know she's Valeria. she's always been a male gazing character. Yep, Got she's, it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's also a pretty uh, formidable uh, warrior as well. Um, oh, sure. We do get to see her uh, fight a little bit. There's two parts to the story. The first part is where Conan is going into the forest region of Darfar, and he meets up with Valeria, and uh, they, they find a giant dinosaur. They're fighting some crazy T-Rex monsters in the jungles of D Darfur. And Conan figures out that, ah, if we use these poison juice of these berries, we can take down the monster and we can run to that far off city that we see over there. And then that leads us to the second part where uh, they go inside this city that is just, just basically uh, all under one roof or buried or something like that. And mm -hmm. on one end are one group of one group of uh, people. And on the other end is another tribe. And they're constantly at war with one another. And this is where the probably the only part where some people might be a little sensitive to is that this borrows heavily from uh, Olmec and Aztec? Toltec. Toltec. Yeah, Olmec and, and Toltec um, iconography. Iconography. And certainly yeah. through the names of the through their names, because they meet a guy named uh, Tequetl or something like that is his name. Tecotl. Yeah, Tecotl. And the Olmec and the Tascala are the uh, are the two tribes, and the Tol the Tolkamec are the other tribes. So uh, yeah, they it's they, all it's all Mesoamerican iconography and yeah. and vaguely historical imagery. Yeah, so they do borrow heavily from that, and that may be that may be offensive to some people. Uh, so just be aware of that. But the I think the art uh, does it very very well. Yeah, it looks really good and. You know, as as they enter what they think is going to be the city, it turns out to be this giant temple. And it is sometimes hard in comics to convey scale. But this is a gorgeous shot with a little tiny Conan and Valeria in the corner and just this huge open source and this temple in front of them. It's really lovely. It's a good looking shot. Mm -hmm. And then. Mm -hmm. You know, we get into the whole murdery killiness stuff, and that's yeah. actually even better. And if you like the murder killy stuff, uh, there's a part where Conan splits a guy in half from head to tail, and just you see the whole brain and the the nasal cavity and and all that stuff as the man kind of peels apart, just like a banana in a uh, Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> wah, wah. No, I did not like that. Um, and then there's also I, the thing where he guts the dinosaur. Where he the dinosaur jabs his, I thought was really cool. He jabs his sword up under the jaw and he goes sliding underneath the, the dinosaur and splits it open and its entrails all fall out. Yeah, it does a baseball slide under it and then yeah. it just kind of collapses. That was neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I there's a that dude that's better. on fire. That's Fire Dude. That's yeah. his name. Uh, and then there, you know, it's just the art in this is just very, very well done. There isn't, so even though I described some fairly graphic moments that you see in this book uh they're not bloody right so you would see maybe something like a um uh who's the uh who's the invincible artist uh steve oh, otley uh, or um otley, otley. Ryan, ryan otley so ryan otley if he were drawing conan uh you know he would split this guy in two and then the page would be just filled with blood splattering at you and everywhere and an eyeball popping out of the frame uh, this one is not that way. It's a pretty clean cut uh, with little yeah. to no blood. And even when he stabs the dinosaur in the first act, 
also very little blood that you see. You do see like parts starting to come out, but it's not as much blood as as others would have. You I would agree think. with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like there are a couple of slices. There's one scene where a guy gets his his uh, guts cut open, mm-hmm. and again, you know, it's it's relatively restrained. I think there is there's that level of is there too much blood and everybody's going to have to calibrate themselves i looked at this and went why isn't there more yeah yeah yeah, exactly you know just from the perspective of i feel like there should be so i feel like there's definitely restraint shown in the combat sequences even though they do show a man being bisected right uh literally bisecting a line between his pupils uh-huh. And then cutting to a shot of Conan behind him as his head splits open. Yep. Even that is done in a manner that doesn't feel, uh, first of all, an anatomically possible, but second of all, doesn't feel super gratuitous and Herschel Gordon Lewis-y. So. Yeah, so Pleasant Doom is listening to us record this show live over in our Discord channel, and she asks, uh, so gory, but not super bloody and over-the-top gross. And I would say it's, I guess, gory. I would say it's violent but not over-the-top gross. It's gore-ish. It's definitely not over-the-top gross. I mean, when you're doing a Conan story, you can't do the standard superhero, hit them with the flat of their blade things, you know? Right. There's a problem in superhero comics with guys like, you know, the Valkyrie or the Swordsman or the Black Knight, where if you have that sword, you can't use it. So they always have to come up with, you know, a way around that. Valkyrie's sword doesn't cut through flesh, and Black Knight mm-hmm. had a laser blade, but this is Conan, and there's going to be some, you know, dismemberment, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a Rob Zombie movie, and I feel like they right. they keep this, I would say, on a even a PG-13 level in I terms would, of the violence. I would say, referring back to Conan the Barbarian, 1982, with Valeria in it, uh, Matthew, uh, mm-hmm. that that is the type of violence that you see in this book, right? There's, there's violence, but not over the, but like you said, not Rob Zombie violence. Also, I should point out for those of you that are looking at the cover to Red Nails, uh, where it's a very cheeky cover, uh, none of that stuff appears, none of that stuff appears in this issue. So I'm guessing that this is kind of a teaser for maybe what's coming next as they get to the second city inside of this city or the second tribe inside of this city. Uh, maybe just trying uh, to get our attention with some nudity. I mean, definitely trying to get our, get our uh, attention with some cheeky covers. Also that cool dinosaur in the back roaring. I will say this about those covers. Uh, the, 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 the cover that has uh, Conan and, and some ladies. I appreciate the fact that those ladies seem to have actual human proportions and seem to be actual people and not like pneumatic comic book ladies. Even Valeria, who's drawn a little bit more, you know, Red Sonia-esque, is drawn in a relatively realistic fashion, which I appreciate that. It's it's hard to do that in comics, especially when it comes to, you know, everybody in comics has that expectation of these are basically ideal naked bodies with lines drawn on them. And this isn't that. Even, yeah, you know, and, uh, have the moments where Conan's running around and he's basically naked. You're like, you can see muscles, you can see flesh, you can see, you know, actual adipose tissue on the women, which is awesome. Yeah, and who knew that in the Hyborian age that uh, that thongs and uh, g-strings were the uh, the clothing accessories that you could just readily pick up. But there you That's go. That's actually true. That's true. Uh, I believe it was the great philosopher Cisco in the sixth century who said, "Lo, doth there be a thong." The thong, thong, thong. Uh, So here's the other thing that you get with this. Now, this is a 38, 36 page um, 
comic, mm -hmm. in addition to 28 pages of regular content, you also get the original Weird Tales Robert E. Howard story printed in the back. So now it doesn't do the whole story, but it basically takes you up to where this issue ends. Uh, and so you can kind of compare how well did the adaptation go? What are some things that were left out? What are some things that were added in? So I think that that is kind of cool to be able to actually read that original pulp tale right up next to the comic book. It is. And it's neat. And I also wonder if it's not a little bit of a CYA in that Red Nails, the story, is what's in the public domain. And we kind of have to follow Red Nails, the story, to stay in the public domain with this book. I don't know, but no, I appreciate I don't think you, that. I, once it's in I public like domain, that. you don't have to do anything with that. Now, Yeah, um, but I can just see you know, the, the Robert E. Howard estate or whomever has the parts of Conan that's still actually considered copyrightable or trademarkable or whatever it would be. I can see them coming down well, and, going, <gasps> and that is why on the cover, it, it's not called Conan. Right. Um, and instead just called the Sumerian. Right. Oh, uh, yes, yes. So just kind of keep that in mind. So overall, I think if you like Conan and certainly we do, uh, we've talked about our fascination with the dark horse series, with the Marvel series, with the, uh, who's currently doing it. Uh, Marvel again is got it. Uh, yep. So, you know, there's some really good stuff in there. So if you want to uh, check out a different publisher's take on Conan, then I'm going to say the Sumerian Red Nails number one is a really good read. Now, the only thing that is missing, even though there's a narrator at the beginning talking about, uh, you know, what's going on, it does not start out with, and uh, Jones. it doesn't start out with, oh, King, here is the story of Conan as he went to the far region. It doesn't have... It doesn't have Mako's uh, tonality in that in that writing. <laughs> so that is the a only foolish samurai warrior. So anytime, no anytime that I pick up a Conan book, that is the first thing I, I, I look for is, you know, uh, low king, behold the story of Conan. If it doesn't have that kind of vibe into it, if it doesn't, if I can't read it in Mako's voice, then that's a little bit of a, huh, OK, fine. Uh, but otherwise, this is a really good book. I agree. I, I have no particular love of Conan. I have some love of the stories that I've read with him and the creators who have worked with him. Or, yeah, I think worked with him is fine. You know, I really enjoy the Roy Thomas stuff. I really enjoy Barry Windsor Smith. I grew up, cut my teeth on Savage Sword back issues. And it's one of those things where when you get a Conan, there's going to be one of two responses for me. There's going to be either I'm not interested for whatever reason, either it's not good or it's not my taste or it's, you know, just too Conan-y or, Hey, this reminds me of the Conan stuff that I like. Mm -hmm. And this book reminds me of the Conan stuff that I like. And better than that, I feel like it really hits you know of course you know they are adapting robert e howard's story which means you're using howard's actual material but i feel like it really hits visually the heart of what i perceive to be the best parts of the character because you know the marvel take on it is a take that traditional john ramita you know running around conan is neat this is a little bit different this is something that is you know still a traditional conan but also they've got their own spin on it. And I really appreciate that. You know, I like the fact that he has Betty page bangs in this. Yeah. 
So let me give you a little clarification on Conan and public domain. Mm -hmm. So Conan the Barbarian first appeared Weird Tales 1932. So at the time in the way copyright works, uh, 95 years, which would make uh, Conan in the United States become public domain in 2028. So a few more years from now. That being said, it's only the characters that appear in that first story. Any of the other characters that appear after that, such as the books that came out all the way to 1936, you have to wait till 2032 before those characters come in the public domain. One of the interesting things is U.S. copyright and U.K. copyright are two different things. So right. for most other countries, the duration of the work is 70 years, which puts Robert E. Howard's uh, Conan uh, 70 years after the death of the author. So Conan right. and all the characters uh, have become public domain since 2007 if I'm reading that uh, public domain information correctly. So I don't yes, know where Ablaze Publishing is out of, but I do want to thank Ablaze Publishing for uh, replying to our emails and getting us on the list and sending us this, uh, this copy because I thoroughly enjoyed reading this throughout, uh, throughout the week. Right. And the thing that is important to remember about this particular story is it was printed at a time when they would have had to renew their copyright in 63 or 64. And because they did not, this story actually entered the public domain before Conan himself ever will. So this story has actually been in the public domain for, well, if my math is right, since like the 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but in any case, it's one of those you know moments where things get weird and nebulous and strange, and I always feel like somebody's going to get sued, so please don't sue us. I don't think anyone's going to sue us for reviewing a comic book. Uh, they might. No, they're, they're not going to sue us. They would they would have no no claim on doing that. Uh, but anyway, we wound up with uh, the Sumerian Red Nails number one. Thanks to you, dear listener, who several weeks ago said, hey, would you guys review this? And at the time, <laughs> Ablaze was only releasing the print copy. And of course, we don't have uh, comic book stores in our areas that we could pick it up, nor would they have just Ablaze comics sitting around on the shelf. Uh, and then, of course, they had the digital release two weeks later. And, of course, I reached out to Ablaze and they said, here's no problem. And so we coincided this review with the release of the digital version, which you can get on Comixology right now. In fact, if you look in the uh, the show notes for this or if you look at the Major Spoilers website, you will see under most of our reviews now, under the cover image, you will see a little link that says you can purchase this issue via Comixology. That is an affiliate link. So when you click on that and you buy it through Comixology, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but a little bit does come back our way. And I know many of you are using that. So thank you very much for that. Uh, so, like I said, you guys told us you wanted to read it. Now it's time, Matthew, for our listeners to uh, pick a comic next week. And how does that work? Well, here's the deal. Here's your action item, ladles and jelly spoons. You're going to go to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. You're going to look for a post that says dueling review for July 1st, 2020. Steven put that up, I think, yesterday. No, it's up today. Okay, whatever works. And you will look at the list of comics there from Previews World, the books that are coming out next week. And you will say, I would like to hear you review a book like this. Oh, from Boom Studios, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 15. We also have Jim Henson's Storytellers Ghost number three. That's the penultimate issue of that series. King of Nowhere number three. And of course, Ronan Island number 13. Dark Horse Comics has, what is it? What do they have next week? It looks like next week they have nothing but trade paperbacks coming out next week, including Umbrella Academy Dallas Deluxe Limited Hardcover Volume 2. Since the next season of Umbrella Academy is quickly approaching over there on the Netflix, 
you might want to grab that one because uh, kind of how that la first season left off rolls right into this. So go check that out. I was looking at DC Comics because we are right on the end of the time that Diamond is going to be distributing DC and DC is moving out to another area. So through Diamond next week, DC is only releasing uh, hardcovers. I went over to Comixology and next week, maybe DC is is having an off week or a no week next week because the only stuff that I see are their digital first editions. DC, Hope at World's End, number four, Ghost, number one, Teen Titans Go, uh, Roll With It, number three, uh, Red Hood, oh no, that's a collection. Uh, Supergirl, yep. number 42, maybe the only single issue that comes out next week. The cover says it all ends here. So I don't know if that is the end of the Supergirl run or not. You'll have to go I want to say it's out. the last issue of the current Supergirl incarnation, but ah, things okay. are changing. And she's going to change her costume and everything and get a reboot. Now she's going to be a big old uh, thing of uh, thinking putty that just kind of oozes around and think that she's coherent and, and a real real girl until Lex Luthor tells her otherwise. Oh, man, I hated don't, that version of Supergirl. Don't you mock Matrix. I'm not mo mocking it. I'm saying it was Matrix a horrible version of, of Supergirl. Next week from Dynamite Entertainment, we have The Boys, Dear Becky, number two. Death to the Army of Darkness, number three. Killing Red Sonja, number two. Uh, Kiss <laughs> Zombies, number five. That last one doesn't work. Vengeance of Vampirilla, number eight. <laughs> uh, those are just some of the books coming out from Dynamite next week. IDW Publishing. Uh, also, let's see, they have Ghostbusters Year One, number four. Star Trek Year Five, number 12. TMNT Urban Legends, number 24. And that's about it, except for their trade paperbacks. Image Comics next week, next week has Marked, number six. Uh, Negan Lives, number one, which I've kind of already talked about that on Finally Friday a couple of weeks ago. So the way this is, and we won't be reviewing it because this is going to be a physical comic only release. Uh, uh, Robert Kirkman and um, uh, I forget the artist's name. Uh, Charlie Adler. Charlie Adler uh, decided that they were just going to make this a print only edition that they were going to ship to comic shops. So if you go and want it, you have to go to a comic shop to get it. And I'm guessing 100% of the proceeds stay with the comic shop. So if you want to support your local comic shop and you love The Walking Dead and you love Negan, he's your favorite hero of all time, Matthew, then you want it. You can only pick it up at a comic shop next week. This was only announced like two weeks ago. So this was not a um, Kirkman really loves to just wait until the last minute to let people know about stuff. Uh, yeah. So this might be a low order comic. So if you want it, you might want to rush out and grab it. But I can tell you, since it's not available on digital, we won't be able to review it. Uh, right. So Olympia number five comes out next week, as does On the Stump number three and Reaver number nine. Marvel Comics uh, has nothing but trade paperbacks next week. So uh, Dawn of X trade paperback volume six, uh, Timely Submariner Everett post-war omnibus hardcover is $125 if you're looking for yes. that. I'm Go sure you get it. Read it now. It's $125, by the way. If you're a patron, thank you so much. If you're not a patron, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Five bucks a month at $125, bucks, you could get like, uh, what is that? A two years worth of major spoilers goodness, including all the access to the secret stuff and the critical hit a month uh, a day or a week early, a month a day a week. 
Who knows when it comes <laughs> a out? A month, a day, a week. It could be anything. By the time you get here, it could the be bonus seven podcasts, years early. the pre-shows, all of that stuff for your mere five dollars a month over at Patreon.com/slash Major Spoilers. In all the rest category next week, we have Action Presidents Color hardcover graphic novel, Volume One, George Washington. They also have Abraham Lincoln, Theodore Roosevelt, John F. Kennedy, George Washington. They have a second Abraham Lincoln one. Oh, that's the soft cover. So right, yeah, you've got some hard covers cool. and some soft color, soft covers that you can get. Um, oh man, I was going to make a bad joke, but I decided not to. Don't. Bell versus the Black Knight one shot number one comes out Where next, we- next week. Uh, Billionaire Island number two, Breathers number three, or maybe it's Brothers. Or Brothers. I think it's Breathers. I got Brothers. one of those today. It's like Heather's, but it's Brothers. Captain Marvel number 12, that is a comic exposure variant cover. I don't know what that is. Uh, let's see. Darkon number one. Also, Femforce 189. Oh, man. It's been forever since I picked up a Femforce comic. I don't know if you're missing anything. From what I understand, not. the last few have been mostly reprint. Oh, really? Okay. Goon yeah. number 11. Kids with a Z number four. Uh, and Monster Planet number five, the final issue of that. And let's see, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. We also have Wayward Legends number one. So those are just some of the comics coming out next week. Head over to Majorspoilers.com to find the full list next week. Or head over to Patreon.com slash Majorspoilers. Look for that post. Take a look at it. Take a look at the comics that are coming out. Use the comment section. Let us know what you want us to review. The one with the most votes is what we'll pick up, providing we can get access to it. And then we'll be back next week to review that comic, and maybe you will hear Matthew say... Um, actually, Comics Exposure is a particular retailer, so a Comics Exposure exclusive is their store exclusive. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.